0: You are listening to Overcomer's Church International Podcast. Here at OCI, we are dedicated to our vision of building strong people and building strong churches. From wherever you are listening, we hope this message leaves you equipped and encouraged.
1: Um, so we're going to minister something today that, I, um, that we love to talk about. We love to minister. We ministered it here about a year ago, and uh, the Lord really brought it back up in our heart to minister it again, but we've kind of reworked it and retitled it. And when I say it, you're not going to have a clue what we're talking about, all right? So here is the question. Are you a slum? Are you a slum?
0: And you don't want you, to be. You
1: don't want to be a slum, okay? So someone who is a slum is... I see some faces like, what in the world? Good. We got your attention. It worked. High five. Okay. A slum is someone living under mammon. Ah. Are you a slum? Someone living under mammon. So we're going to talk about the spirit of mammon and this is something, uh, our goal today is we're going to share a little bit of our testimony, but we won't go too deep because most everyone here has, has heard this over the years. Um, but we're going to share a little bit of our testimony about how God set us free from the spirit of mammon, yes. which a lot of people, you know, when you talk about, uh, you know, you talk about deliverance or you talk about demonic things, people, you know, they, they think of like a You know, witch doctors or people doing Wicca, or they think all these, you know, witchcraft are these extreme things. But the enemy is deceptive, and he doesn't necessarily always just come out. In fact, hardly ever does he come out, and you know, just like here I am, and you know, have two horns and a and a pointy tail and a pitchfork. Like that's not how the (laughs) devil works. It would be actually a
0: lot easier because then you could recognize his divisive ways if he was just like, "Ah!" Yeah, but he's sneaky. Yeah,
1: that's right. And so Paul says to the Corinthians, he says, let us not be ignorant of his devices. And so the way that the enemy works, it's not always through, you know, like some type of um, extreme possession or something like that. We have actually, in the English translation... When it talks about people being demonized, it actually uh, we we've translated in the English translation into possessed. And so, whenever anyone thinks of any kind of demonic activity, they always automatically think of someone either being possessed or the devil's not messing with them at all. But I can tell you that there's more ways that the enemy will mess with you. As a matter of fact, Paul told uh, Timothy. He said that in the in the latter days, people will give heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. And before that, he says, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. A few things I want to mention in that. Number one is he says uh, that they will depart. Well, you can't depart from something that you haven't already been a part of. Amen. Does that make sense? So he's speaking about believers and he says, some will depart from the faith, giving heed to deceiving spirits and doctrines of demons. So uh, Spirits, demonic spirits, are deceptive. Satan is deceptive by nature. That's how he ensnares people. But it also says in doctrines of demons. Does anybody know what doctrine means? It means line upon line, precept upon precept teaching. So what that means is that the enemy, just like the Holy Spirit, will work to give people line upon line, building blocks, um, teachings, precepts, ideas to help them gain an understanding. The enemy will also train people wrongly, he will train people and bring people into bondage that way. Does that make sense? So when we're talking about the spirit of mammon, it's not necessarily, you know, because sometimes people are like, well, I'm not possessed with the spirit of mammon. Well, we're not necessarily talking about being possessed with the spirit of mammon, but what we are talking about is being influenced by it. See, you can be influenced by a spirit of fear, a spirit of pride, a spirit of control. There could be a whole number of spirits that could actually influence you with the spirit of mammon is the exact same way. And so um, Liz and I both uh, had times in our life where we were underneath of the spirit of mammon. And this was such a, we feel like this has actually become part of our testimony. That's why we love talking about this. And we were in so much bondage financially. um, and, And really it manifested in debt, it manifested in wrong decisions, it manifested in wrong thinking. But it really, we were in bondage on the inside because of how we thought concerning money that that's, what, that's where the real bondage was, and it actually brought about a bad manifestation in our life. And as soon as we broke free, totally free from this, we started to see increase supernaturally in our life that we would not have had any other way. Because there's something about when you come out from underneath of somebody's, or excuse me, something's covering that you're not supposed to be underneath of, it all of a sudden just opens up a whole new world and causes freedom to come to you. And so at one point, we were slumming. <laughs> we, were, we were some peoples living underneath of mammon's influence. And so we don't want to be a slum anymore. Amen. Amen. See, when you live under, underneath of something, you're capped That's when right. you're living underneath of that. And when you're underneath of the spirit of mammon, and we're going to go through and we're going to show you how to identify the spirit of mammon and what it looks like. But when you're living underneath of that, you're going to be capped. And as a matter of fact, we're going to go, and you turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 6, and we'll get there eventually. We're going to talk about how you can't serve God and mammon. You can't serve both. You have to pick which one you're going to serve. And if you're living underneath of the spirit of mammon, it's actually going to cap you. But this is something that probably really at two different times in our life. And at the time, we really didn't understand what was going on. But we we really got to a point to where we surrendered. Everybody say surrender.
0: Surrender. See, surrendering (laughs) is
1: the key to freedom. Because when you surrender to the Lord and you live a... You, you really, you start it and then you continue working that process throughout your life. You start at a place of saying, God, here I am. I'm totally surrendered to you. But then you live every day at a place of surrender. Then the Lord can bring you into more freedom and more freedom and more freedom and more freedom in whatever area has not been given over to him, essentially. And this is what we did is that we were very capped. We had some, um, some issues financially, and it started with me years ago, and then there was a time period that went by, and then the Lord really opened up her eyes to help her see where she was at. And uh, But for me, it started with, I was, we were in so much debt, and we bought this, we call it the hell house. It was not sent from heaven, that's for sure. And so we, were, we had this house, and it was just awful. And finally, I came to the place, and I said, Lord, this is not working. And he said, you are correct. And I said, well, what do I need to do? And he said, well, first off, you've become Lord over your finances instead of allowing me to be Lord over your finances. Which is equivalent to the spirit of mammon because the spirit of mammon will cause you to trust in self. Where the spirit of God will cause you to rely upon him. So coming out from underneath of the spirit of mammon is coming out of trusting in self. Stepping into uh, trusting the Lord is, is stepping out from yourself and really beginning to trust him. I think I said all that correctly. And so we, I got to that point to where I said, Lord, I said, I will no longer be Lord over my finances. You are Lord over my finances. And from that point, it actually took us, what happened is it took us uh, out of the position. It took us a little time. You know, you don't get in things overnight and you usually don't get out of them overnight either. Amen. Give the Lord some, a little bit of time to, to work things out. But over a period of time, we climbed out of this monster debt, and we, we ended up going, and that, that house was nothing but a, a pain in our, a thorn in our side, I'll say it that way, for, for a lot of years, and we ended up going to the closet. I feel like you're walking away from me. Am I spitting on you or something? My concern is is that the camera won't oh, be able okay. to get us, is I my concern. See, I'm okay. always thinking about okay. you on the live stream. Okay. We love you. We bless you in the name yes. of Jesus. Thank you for tuning in. I um, just and so didn't want you
0: to slap me I won't slap hand. you. I've got very good control. <laughs>
1: it's no problem. So, And if I do, we'll pray for you, and it'll be okay. Amen. <laughs> so, uh, so anyways, we had... Um, we you went know, to
0: closing. When I
1: went to closing, we... Um, Uh, We did not have them with usually ideally when you own a house for about seven years you go to closing and you get money back right that's the idea no no we had to take $10,000 to the closing table to I mean it was like insult to injury It It was like salt on a wound it
0: was a hot sticky mess.
1: It was a mess.
0: I mean the whole and thing. And we all,
1: we were within what hours or minutes yes. of not being able to, and it was going into foreclosure and, and there's a lot of like like the
0: courthouse it was crazy. It was crazy. And you know the Lord he he was there through it all. Yeah. And now you know sometimes when you're in the midst of situations you can't you're like where are you, God? And you like you're like I can't see you, and you're not you're not sure how things are gonna work, and then you're you're trusting in your own ability, and when you just surrender to the Lord, and now looking back, I can see so many places where He was, because the amazing thing was is like the house was gonna go, like we had a buyer, we were closing, and like within like a, a th- three to five day period, they were gonna put the courthouse. I mean the the house on the steps and auction it off and I was like we have a buyer we are yeah. going to closing like three days and like I bless the the people who do all that stuff because they are not nice but I understand why they can't be nice because not everybody is like a, a genuinely a good person and I'm like I'm trying to work this out anyways so the crazy thing was is that our title company that we were they said your house cannot go to the auction set because the title work is not right. And if the title work isn't right, they can't auction it. And I was like, well, hallelujah. God, and God
1: intervened because the title work was right. The Lord did something and, and, and messed it up to give us more time.
0: Right. So, yes. we, so he was like, they can't do this. We're going to be just fine. And this was the title company working on our behalf. They did not have to do this. And it was just awesome.
1: Yeah, a lot of details in there. But the point is, we yeah. went to the table with $10,000 that we didn't have. And we were able to close it and get that for, out from underneath of it. But it was before that that I made a decision that, God, I'm surrendering and I'm going to begin to trust you. That's where the place of increase always starts in every single area of your life is a place, the place of surrender. Saying, God, I'm not going to do this anymore in my own strength. I need your help. Amen. And that's where that's where it happens with finances. And so then you fast forward a little bit. um, You fast forward a little bit and tell them what happened with you, with your story.
0: Um, so and I've
1: heard this several times, but I love hearing it because I feel like I always have these stories to where I'm the problem. <laughs> but for once she actually had a problem.
0: <laughs> okay. Yes. Makes me feel I, good. I did. I had a problem. And you know, sometimes when in the thing is is that seek God because God always like he'll meet you through all the seeking so whenever we're seeking first the kingdom of God but then also seeking to find answers because he wants like he delights in the seeking journey and he delights in encountering you and meeting you in these places and so you know um I dealt with a lot of uh, anxiety in regards to money. Just uh, you know, because when we had made those mistakes um, and bought the house and whatever, and we were trying to work in our own strength, you you do whatever it is that you can because you don't you don't want to be, you know, all the things like a failure or to go without or whatever. And so like. We, we were in dire situations a lot. I can remember my mother-in-law saying to me, like, one day I was like, I I don't know how, how we're going to pay the electric bill it is due. And she, she said to me, just trust God. And I was like, what do you mean just trust God? And now, like, I saying that to people can understand, like, you just have to trust God. But, like, back then in in that place, like, I didn't have the ability or the know-how to just trust Him because I was trusting in His ability and my ability and just the natural ways. But God wants us to trust Him, and He, you know, He promises that He will provide, and He always does, which I love that. And so... um. I, for years, have been, like, seeking the Lord, you know, God, I, I need to know how to get free. We want to get out of debt. How do we do this? We want to be better over our finances. How can this happen? And I was always still dealing with anxiety, still dealing with things. And I was just like, Lord, I, I want to be free from this. And so um, the journey kind of began at the beginning of one year. The Lord always talks to me and asks me thing to do things or whatever and sometimes i don't you know you just don't understand but obedience is surrender. And so just being obedient to what it is that God is saying is so important because we don't know the steps that he's taking to lead us to this place of freedom, you guys. And so it was a journey because I didn't have the capacity at the time to receive what it is that I needed to receive, but I wanted to. So he just said, You know, like I said, I was dealing with some uh, severe anxiety where I'd go to bed and I'd be worried about not having enough money, and I would wake up and be worried about not having enough money. And the thing is, you guys, is that we had money. We had money to pay bills. We had money to buy groceries. We weren't really, we were living in a fine place. It wasn't, literally, it wasn't about not, you know, it was the fear of like what. If I don't have enough money, so I'm going to, like, hoard up, I'm going to save up, and I don't want to pay this bill because then it takes money out of my bank account, and then what if that money doesn't come back? I mean, like, yeah, it's insanity. Like, this is real. I know you guys understand this. Like, the, the charades that go on in your head, just the back and forth. So, I, but I learned how to put, put this kind of at bay. Um, with the word, which is awesome. Like I would speak the word of God. I would I would just say, you know, Lord, you promised that you're going to take care of our needs and that you, you know, you give See, to all the scriptures that we know to speak. I was doing everything in my natural ability to do, but, it, like, I was still, like, I was like, God, I don't understand why I'm going to bed anxious and while I'm, why I'm waking up anxious and it just is not making sense. So, anyways, one thing that he told me to do is he's like, you know, I want you to open up your bank accounts and I want you to begin to speak to them. You know, we cannot defeat giants that we are unwilling to face. And I am serious that I had a real fear when I opened up the bank account that there would not be money in there when I fully knew that there would be money in there. There was, it wasn't like a lack or anything like that. It was just, it was crazy. So He just prompted me, he said, you know, I want you to speak the word of God over your Over your finances, and I want you every morning to wake up and face this giant. And so I I did, and I just began to just walk walk through this. And then one day I I well and I was just reading through Matthew. And you know how you're you're reading in Matthew 6. If you haven't read Matthew 6, it is amazing and I love it. But I got to Matthew 6:24 when it says you can't serve God or mammon. And I was like, No problem, I'm serving God, I'm not serving. Being mammon no big deal but then you know it says so don't worry about and so I just like kind of glazed over that didn't even realize that that was something that was a problem and then I I heard this teaching they were talking about the spirit of mammon and how that you know which we're going to get into and I was like oh my gosh this is exactly what I'm dealing with you know there are there we're going to talk about like some symptoms or whatever but like the root cause behind all the things that were manifesting the anxiety was this spirit of mammon and i can remember where i was at i was outside and i was had my ear pods and actually i think i was like working out or something and like i stopped and i was like i renounce you right now in the name of jesus you spirit of mammon you do not have any control over me anymore and it was like bam It lifted, and from that day forward, it's just been wealth building and going forward. And there's not fear, and I, you, you can make decisions because you have clarity. It's so crazy and so awesome and so freeing. And I just have like this thing written down. This is so good. Wealth flows out of freedom. And free, you know, so we have to be in the place of freedom. And it says where the spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And so when we're in abiding in the Lord and serving the Lord, which we'll talk about this. It will bring freedom to you. So yeah. I'm so excited.
1: Yeah, amen. That's awesome. So I want to read a few verses here, and then we're going to get into really get into this talking about the spirit of mammon and talk about did we, are we calling it symptoms or signs? Signs. It's something signs, like that. Sorry, signs. Sorry. Signs. Signs. Everywhere, signs. Isn't I there a song think, like that? I, I just know. made I it up that there like, isn't. I thought there was. All right. So Matthew 6 and 24, um, it says here, and I'm going to try not to preach on this and just read it because we need to read it. But I'll do what I can. All right, so verse 24 of Matthew 6, it says, No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. These are the words of Jesus. I'm thankful that I can just read it, and then you can choose to believe what Jesus said and, you know, I'm just a messenger boy, amen? But he says you can't serve, there's no gray line here. You can't serve God and mammon. Jesus said it. You either have to serve one or you have to serve the other. Now, let me say this, that when it comes to serving mammon, there's a spirit of mammon and it's deceptive. And there's, I'm certain there's not one heart in here, one person in here or watching online that would say, well, you know what? I choose to serve mammon. Like nobody's doing that, but where it comes in is when people, and you're going to see that it just goes down to just trusting the Lord, that when you are trusting in self, you are trusting in your ability, you're trusting in the stock market, you're trusting in your job, your employer, or any of those things. When you're trusting in those things and not in the Lord, then essentially you have made mammon your God.
0: It it's usually tight, gets about that many right. amens. Yeah, it's but tight,
1: that, but it's right. That's right. Amen. And so there's no condemnation, but it's just, this is just eye-opening. And if you can get your eyes opened up to this, it'll help you break free out of, a, out of either a poverty mindset or a you've got a bunch of money, but you don't, you don't do what you're supposed to with it mindset. You know, there's a lot of things, and we'll, we'll get into these things. Uh, but it's really important that we see that you're either going to be loyal to one or you're going to be loyal to the other one. And in Romans chapter 6, it says, it says that you are servants to whom you obey, whether of sin leading unto unto death or or obedience unto righteousness. So how do you determine which one that you are going to be, uh, that's going to be your master? It's the one you obey.
0: And come on, like a lot, like I was being obedient to money like I didn't realize that but I was allowing money to make me mm-hmm. its servant. Yeah. And because of that I wasn't walking in the freedom and yeah. you it's like I said it's so deceptive that you don't even realize that you're allowing money to speak to you, to guide you, to lead you, to direct you.
1: Yeah. Yep, yeah, so. that's exactly right. So you're going to you're going to either serve God or Mammon and when you're serving, when you're serving mammon, it's because you've you've made a choice to obey the desires that would pop up to want to trust in self. Yeah. That's really what it comes down to, and we're going to get into more of that in just a minute. Let me continue reading. It. it says, "Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat." And notice, all this is all in context. Sometimes we think that the Bible just says one thing and then it just says it and then moves on to something else. But this is all written together. It actually says you, you cannot serve God and mammon in verse 24, and then in verse 25 it says, therefore, Why, you, whenever you see the word therefore, you look to see what it's there for, <laughs> amen. It says, therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. Um, is not life more than food and the body more than clothing? And it's kind of a rhetorical question, but the answer is yes, it is more than that. And how much does God really care for you? How much does he really care for his creation, human beings, more than anything else? God cares for us. It says, look at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather in barns, yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not of more value than they? Which of you, by worrying, can, one, can add one cupid to your stature? I can tell you now, if it would have worked, Liz would have been taller. So tall.
0: <laughs>
1: If you put all this together, he's talking about all of the worrying, the concern, the fear. And, and to me, it goes beyond that. It's the, it's the ability of self, because when we are worrying, what we're doing is we're saying, I can't control the immediate situation so I'm going to get into fear and worry and anxiety over it, thinking it's, and it's, just, it's spiritually stupid. It doesn't help anything when we worry and fear, but every one of us have been there before, and every one of us have had to fight at times of our life to get out of that kind of stuff. But whenever we're in worry or fear, we're essentially saying, God, you're not big enough for this problem. I mean, we're not doing it intentionally, and doctrinally, we wouldn't agree with that, but yet our actions... Our mind and the amount of fear that we're operating in is saying that very thing, that Lord, this problem is bigger than you. How many of y'all know that God, he, he gave provision before he created us. He already made provision for everything. You know what? You know that God created all of the earth and everything in it, and then he created man. Why? Because he made the provision before he made the man.
0: That's so good.
1: <laughs> God, God already knew you were going to show up. He had plans for you to show up, and he gave you all the provision you would ever need. And here's what's so awesome. Even if you were to buy a hell house like we did, I don't recommend it, but even if you did, there's provision to get out of it. That's because right. Because he sees the end from the beginning. That's right. The verse you we
0: stood on was that he delivers us from our distress. That's right. Like he's so good and so merciful that he delivers us out of the messes that delivered. we make That's when right. we decide to make him Lord. That's right. Over our lives. Yeah, because he's you, the deliverer. You can, the
1: thing is, is that you can say God's my deliverer, and then you keep going on about your merry way. You're gonna, you're gonna find yourself in a deeper, darker pit when you keep doing that. At some point, you know, we can say, you know, God's grace is sufficient, and it is, but you cannot receive God's grace. That is a potential. It is possible for you to not manifest the grace of God in the area of your life that you need. I think seven of you understood that. Let me see if I can rephrase it. God provides. Not everybody receives the provision that He has. So you can keep walking like a knucklehead which I, I'm not coming down to anyone. That's me. I was there, right? You can keep walking that way and just saying, well, God's grace is sufficient. And I'm not saying his grace will run out, but if his grace is over here and you're running that way, you're going in the wrong direction. Hallelujah. But I heard this one time, this, and I think I shared this before, but I love this, that, you know, you can, you can walk, you can keep walking for five or 10 or 20 years in the wrong direction. And you can be so far off course, but at the same time, it take, only takes one step to get back into God's grace. That's just to go, you know so what, Lord, good. I've been walking along wrong for a long time, and boom, all of a sudden, you're right back in grace, and you're able to receive what it is that you need at that moment, and God's just good like that. So we're going to talk about um, what it looks like if, uh, if you're slumming, all right? What it looks like if you're living, these are some signs or some symptoms of living underneath of mammon or underneath of mammon's influence, those kind of things. And so if we can pull these slides back up here, and we've got 10 different things, we're going to get through these 10 things today, and then we've got right. another couple of weeks we're going to talk about this. And
0: I would just say, you know, really open your ears to hear right now and ask the Lord, like, Lord, is there any areas that I am operating mm. in? because? God's heart right now for you is for you to not be a slave of mammon any longer. He wants you to be free. He wants you to have wealth so that we can build the kingdom of God. That's right. So, yep, that's right. Here, don't don't say I'm not dealing with this. Say, Lord, right now, is am I am I dealing with any of these things and if I am, then let me renounce the spirit of mammon so that I can go forward in you. That's right. Come you. on. Yeah.
1: Amen, that's right. Yeah. yeah, the purpose behind all this is freedom for you, but also freedom to do what God has designed you to do. We're designed yes. to be wealthy people.
0: Yes. I we, heard, some, I heard someone say,
1: not everyone's supposed to be a millionaire. Why not? Why not? Why shouldn't you have a million dollars? Why shouldn't you have $20 million? If your heart's right in it, it's interesting, people always get upset with people that talk about being wealthy, but they don't know, they don't know my heart and they don't know how much we give.
0: And you know quite God knows often,
1: though. Praise God. And if you have, I'm sorry, I was on something. If you, something good, I was on something good. Uh, If if you have a right heart, why wouldn't God want to bless you with more finances? Come on now. Yeah, Amen. I was just going
0: to say, he, he gives seed to the sower. Right. So, like, if you're a sower, he's going to get seed to you. Yeah. But, you know, oftentimes we want to judge people's fruit or their increase without even knowing the steps that they had to take to get there. Yeah. You know, a lot of people who are millionaires and billionaires, like, they didn't start that way. We're just seeing them in this glamorous light or whatever. But a lot of them worked and, you know, just did things and so if we if we have the heart for the kingdom of God and we have the heart to partner with the Lord and see the kingdom ever increasing because you guys the kingdom is ever increasing and he needs people who will partner with him to see the kingdom of God continue to keep increasing. So why wouldn't you say, Yes, Lord, I will be a partner with you to yep. see the kingdom of God That's increase. Right.
1: That's right. Amen. So come on Amen. So we're gonna talk about these yes. things and um Just uh, like Liz said, as you see these things, you know, just allow the Lord to minister these things to your heart. And if you're dealing with some of these, identify it. And then we're going to have an opportunity before we get out of here today. We're going to break this spirit off of your life. Hallelujah. So let's go for this is sign or symptom number one is that you worry over money. And we kind of talked about this a little bit, so we won't uh, belabor this point. But you worry about money. You worry about having enough money. You worry about having You know, whatever, anything. Not enough
0: money, you worry about not being able to. Anything that has to do with money and you worry about, like, I, yeah, so, yeah. Worry is not good. Amen.
1: Worry is not good, it's not of (laughs) God. And to me, it's probably the first sign that the spirit of mammon is at operation in your life. And again, don't don't look at that and be like, "Oh, I'm such a I'm such a nothing in the in a, in a worm." The enemy comes and deceives people all the time. This is about us being awakened, coming into light in this area. So for money walk in darkness,
0: right? And Come I on. would say, like any worry or anxiety over money, because like I said, because I am a person of faith and I know the Lord and I walk with the Lord. Like I was still yet in worry and anxiety over money despite the fact that I knew how to um, speak the word and apply the word. I just was like keeping it at bay, had never really dealt with the root so that it could be totally broken off of me.
1: Yes. And one of the ways you can tell whether you're in worry or not is how you respond to situations that arise. And so if you have something, you know, if you've got a a bill for $10, you might be like, well, no problem. Just write a check and pay the bill. But if you have a bill for a thousand dollars and you only have $200 in your bank account, (laughs) how you respond to that is going to is going to depict it's like a it's like a gauge or a meter to tell what's going on on the inside and you know when you when you're looking at your car you know you can't you can't tell how hot your engine is i mean if you stick your hand on it you probably could but you know when you're driving in your car you can't tell how hot your engine is that's why you have a gauge there to tell you know to tell you and whenever you're in a situation it's like a gauge when you respond it's a gauge to whether you're really trusting in the lord or trusting in in yourself. Because if we are really truly trusting the Lord, we should have anything come up against us. And I'm not saying we're, not cav- we're just cavalier and we don't operate in right. faith and say, well, all right, Lord, this is a mountain, but I'm going to speak to it and we're going to move past it. There's yeah. a place for that. But if our heart becomes so messed up in the process yeah. and we're overwhelmed by the situation, then we really don't believe that God's big enough to take care of it. And it's a sign that we, we are, are worried about things and, yeah. and so we got to break free from it. So here's number two. Here's sign number two is that I can't afford it. Now, this is something when Liz and I first started talking about this and we came to this conclusion about this being a sign or a symptom of the spirit of mammon, I, I, I had a hard time kind of wrapping my brain around it. But for someone to say that I can't afford it, you know, there's people that walk around all the time and they say, I can't afford this. I can't afford that. I can't afford this. It could be things that they want, but it could even be some things that they need That's or right. things that they should have or God wants them to have. And they have this mindset, this mentality of like, well, yeah, I can't afford that. What do you mean you can't afford it? God is, the, God, he owns a cattle on a thousand hills. The streets of, uh, of, of uh, in heaven are paved with gold. The, the gate in heaven apparently is fashioned out of one solid pearl. What do you mean you can't afford it? God lives on the inside of you. God is your source. So yeah. that kind of language doesn't line up with someone who is really free from the spirit of mammon, but for someone who always has that mentality of like, whoa, whoa I, can't, I can't spend that money. I can't buy that. I can't afford that. That's not really a good way to actually live. Right.
0: And it's just like always a response. Even if you can't afford it, you're like, I can't afford it. If somebody's like, oh, you wanna go out to lunch? I can't afford it. Like, this is your response because you actually, and we'll talk about this later, but you haven't defined for yourself what is enough. And so you're not, you know, working a plan that you have because you have no plan. So you all, it's just like always a response I can't afford it. I can't afford it. I can't afford it. Yeah.
1: I would say that few, fewer people fall into that category, but there are some yeah. people, um, you know, there's some people that actually, they need to, they're so tight, they squeak when they walk, and they actually need to spend a little bit more money because they're holding on to it too much. I was growing up, I think my, my siblings would probably vouch for this, I was that way, I was super, <laughs> super tight, and then I got to the other ex- extreme where <laughs> I spent too much money, and so there's a, there's a balance with things yes. in there for sure. And uh, so, praise God, we need to we need to be willing to let loose of money. There's nothing wrong with that. Hallelujah. And there's nothing wrong with saving money. There's nothing that's wrong right. with that either. There's a balance to all there of these is. things.
0: Because the question really should be, can I afford it? And when you have a plan and you're not a slave to mammon anymore, then you won't have, like, I can't afford it. It's like a mentality. It's yeah. really a poverty mentality. Yeah, that's, yeah. Ex- that's exactly right. So, so, praise
1: God. So, number three is a stinginess, all right? So stinginess. So some people that are really stingy. um, I was in a situation not long ago where someone had an opportunity to give into something, and they had oodles of money, and they slid across almost no money to the person that needed money for the particular thing that they were doing. But it's nobody in here, but I'm just being safe anyways. Um, and And I was thinking... Well, you stingy dog you. I mean, you got oodles of money, and you gave almost nothing to the person that really doesn't have anything. And you don't have any idea what I'm talking about, so it's okay. But that's what stinginess looks like when you've got plenty, but you're not willing to let loose of anything. And God God doesn't want us to be stingy. God's not stingy. That's right. The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he... Gave. He gave. God is a giver. If you are not a giver, oh my gosh, this is strong language. Let me come over here on this side or something. I don't know. Let me just calm down a little bit. If you are not a giver, if you are not a giver, you are wrong. And you're not being led by God. You're being led by some other spirit.
0: Right. Which
1: That's strong that, language, it but is, it's true. It doesn't mean you have to start with giving away tons of your money. But if you're not willing to let loose of anything, and not just money, but time, possessions, all of that, God is a giver. The nature of God is is giving. He is a giving God. Right. And just like what Ron was talking about before, when you give, it will be given back. And you press down, shaken together, running over. Will men give into your bosom? But it's the measure that you use that will be given back to you. Come on. So if you know if you know you make a million bucks in a year and you give away twenty dollars, I would consider that stingy. <laughs> Amen. If you make a bunch of money, but here's the deal: it's not about how much money That's you make; right. it's about what you do with the money you have.
0: That's right. Yeah. It's really a posture of your heart. Singiness it is. is like and it has to do with like in security, like where your security is lying. Yeah. Like if it's lying in yourself and you know that you only have ability, like this much ability, then you tend to want to hold on to things because it's really hard to let go because it took you so much to make this and it's really mine. And so it's just it's it's really a frame of mind. It's a posture, it's a heart condition. Yeah, and the
1: idea of being a Stingy is really living according to the world's system and not according to God's system That's right. Because the world says I love the saying get all you can can all you get and sit on the can That's the world's mentality, but God's mentality is give and it will be given unto you It doesn't even make sense. The only way it makes sense to me is is sowing seed when you sow seed into the ground, you're not just putting a seed there and then it doesn't produce something. You put seed in the ground so it will produce something. Well, when you take your finances and you give, you're essentially sowing seed and you will read back in your life. That's you right. know what? There was a time period in my life where I didn't see that work because mm-hmm. I've had some people say, well, I've been giving it and it's just not working. Let me tell you the difference between where it works and where it doesn't is if you believe it or not. Yeah. Because you can do it and not really be trusting the Lord and trusting His word, and it just won't work. Yeah. but if you put faith in what God says, it will work for you. That's right. Proof is in the pudding. We were prospering before we became preachers. It's supposed to be a little bit funny, but just, nobody <laughs>, laughs. so I agree, none of my jokes are funny, son.
0: <laughs> my kids are like,
1: your jokes are not funny then. I'm
0: like, eh,
1: I try. Preacher jokes, dad jokes, they're both horrible. <laughs> but, you know, a lot of times people, they think that, you know, they hear people say this, and it's like, well, you're just saying that so people will give into the church, and then that pays your salary, and then, you know, that's why you're prospering. No, we were prospering. God was bringing us out of stuff before we begin to excel in ministry or anything like yeah. that. These yep. are principles that are true and they work for anybody. That's right. Anybody it doesn't matter what you're doing in your life, what you're called to. These things will work. Praise God. That's right. So number three, don't be stingy. Hallelujah. But that's a sign or a symptom. The the fourth one, yeah, you can put the fourth one up there is greed. So um, you know, how do we define this? How do we say this? Stinginess is not is not uh, willing to give away.
0: Right. Not letting
1: and, go. And greed is not letting go. And greed is saying, I need more of. Yeah. And so you can more, more,
0: more, 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 more.
1: Yeah, always, (laughs) always needing and wanting more. And so a spirit of greed operates underneath of a spirit of poverty.
0: Right, which is a more for yourself. Yeah. Not necessarily more to give.
1: Right, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. And and that's and that's the thing, is that you can have a desire to give so you can release, or you can have I'm I'm sorry, you can have a desire to get so you can release, Release, or you can have a desire to get so you can hoard.
0: That's right. And
1: that's the difference between having a A uh, uh, giving mindset and a greedy mindset, to say it like that. Amen. Does and that make right,
0: sense? And, and, you know, too, like, we'll we'll define this later, but, like, it's not bad to have a storehouse. And Amen. we're actually called to have storehouse, to have a saving and to invest in things. Um, so that's not greedy, but greedy. It, again, It's these are conditions of your heart where you're constantly saying, I have to have more because I need more. Because yeah. it's like a, a self-satisfaction, you yeah. know, and a security for yourself. Because don't we all know when we have more you could feel in the natural more secure the more things that you have but ultimately our security has to be in the lord. Yeah,
1: that's right. That's right. Um number 5 uh, is money mismanagement. So if you find now this is getting into some people's business right? Yeah. Um <laughs> dun, if you dun, dun. if you're constantly mismanaging money, which we were we were there for a lot of years. Yes. Um it is a it's a sign or a symptom of the spirit of mammon that has control of your life. So people that are just, you know, a lot of times people will be like, I'm trusting God, you know, and they go get credit cards and, and do silly things with, you know, racking up debt or whatever. That's not God. Yeah. God wants you to be a good steward of your money. He wants you to manage your money properly, manage it well. And so if you're, if you're constantly in a cycle of mismanaging funds right. that come to you, that's not a good thing. We need to manage every dollar that comes into our possession. And we have, and if we have time, we'll talk about this in the next week or two, but we actually have developed like a funnel and so that every dollar that we get goes into a funnel and then it's already predetermined what's gonna happen with the money before it comes to us. You wanna see increase in your life? Determine what you're gonna do with with $10, Before it comes to you and you'll get $10 and you'll manage it properly. Yeah. Then determine what you're going to do with a hundred dollars and then a thousand dollars and then $10,000 and then a half a million dollars and then a million dollars. See stewardship, proper stewardship is what is part of what brings increase.
0: That's right. And so the
1: Lord is, see, he's the, he's the master and he owns it and he's going to give increase to people that are stewarding what he has already given them. That's right. See, when you look at the parable of the, the talents um, you know he gave, you know he gave the uh, one to one, two to another, and five to another, and he gave according to where they currently were at. Well, the five, the guy that got five, took his five and made five more, mm-hmm. and the master knew that he was able to make five more. That's why he got five.
0: That's right. Come on.
1: And the guy that got two, the master knew that he would be able to produce, maybe not as much as the guy with five, because he hadn't proven himself as much, but he went and he made two more. The guy that didn't do anything, the master already knew that that guy that he gave the one talent to would go and take it and bury it in the ground. He already knew what he would do He, he would do with it. So why did he give it? Grace.
0: Mm, so good.
1: Grace. You, can, you could have totally messed up your entire past, and God will still give to you and say, no. Be faithful with this. Do right by this. And when you, and this isn't about, this isn't a works mentality that That's if you do good, God will bless you. No, it's just a simple stewardship mentality. We have to separate the love of the Father from the wisdom of the Master. God is the Father, there's what's the term? No holds bar, I think, is something like that. But anyways, there's he's not holding anything back. As the Father, it's all given to us. It's all yeah. blessing towards us. But as, as our master, he's wise to not give us more than what we're able to handle. So there's a balance, and there's a wisdom, and both pictures are, are applicable yeah. in that situation. And so it's right for us to manage money properly. Yeah. And the better we've become at managing money, yeah, uh, the, better, the more increase we see. The we've increase,
0: seen. yeah, because yeah. we have a plan. So money mismanagement, I just have a couple. No, no plan, no order, no system. So you have to ask yourself, do I have a plan? Do I have order? Do I have a system? Yeah. And even, like, this was made before when... I, like, like, outgo far outweighed income because, you know, you get into debt that way. But praise God for his grace, and you develop a system, and then you start working that system. And, you know, this is what faith, we would think that faith said, that I have faith. And if you don't have a plan, order a or system, then you are violating wisdom. And we are called to be people of wisdom because God is a God of wisdom. And then faith always says, "Well, God will take care of me." But again, that is outside of wisdom because the wisdom of God says, "Have a plan." And actually, in Proverbs, now I can't remember what Proverb talks about, like knowing, like the the how many sheep you have, like know. What, what's happening in your household. Like, we have to know what's happening. Yeah. And when you're in fear and you have worry and anxiety and you're like, I don't have enough and will I ever have enough and blah, 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 like, then you don't want to make a plan because you're, you're too scared like that. it won't You won't see it through, so. Yeah,
1: yeah. amen, yeah. amen, it's good stuff. All right, number six, y'all still with us? Everybody doing good? You getting some good stuff? Um, number six is consistent financial lack, yeah. So, consistent financial lack. Sometimes, you know, I heard the story about this guy one time. He came to his pastor and he said, he said, um, he said, Pastor, I need, uh, I need some money. It's a true story. He said, I need some money. Um, and he said, okay. He said, let me pray for you for an increase or whatever. And he came back the next week and he said, um, he said, Pastor, he said, uh, and, and the pastor asked him, he said, Well, how's it going? And he said, Well, he said, You prayed for me, and he said, I didn't get any money. All I got was job offers. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a place for work that will keep you from being poor. Yeah. Um, and I, we believe in, in working. We are workhorses. We believe in resting too, but we believe in working. If you're not working, and you can work, you should be working. I believe that's right. And there's, you know, you can bounce it out in your home, moms and dads and however that works in your home. You know, you hear the Lord, however all that works. Uh, But you have to put your hand to something because putting your hand to something gives a place for God to bring increase. So increase comes to what you put your hand to and it comes to your storehouse. You need to save money, but then you also need to put your hand to something and you're going to see, you're going to see increase. But Even sometimes people will be doing those things, but they're constantly in lack. They constantly never have enough. And sometimes flat out, there is a, I could just call it a spirit of poverty or a spirit of lack that is attached to mammon that keeps people down here all of the time. Problem after problem, all these things keep coming and sucking their money. Sometimes there are demonic things that come against you with, with, um, with cars and lawsuits and you know, I, all kinds of things that can suck your money, whatever they would be. And they're demonic. And you need to cut it off. Sometimes it's just a part of living in life. Stuff just happens, right? right. Um, you know, I had to put new tires on, on our car. That wasn't demonic. That was because the old ones wore out. <laughs> Amen? And so, you know, there's a balance to it. But if you're constantly in financial lack, you need to take authority over that thing. Use wisdom where it belongs, but take authority over it and say, no, poverty is not going to have me in Jesus' name.
0: Amen. Amen. Amen.
1: Amen. Hallelujah. So uh, number seven is impulse buying.
0: Whoa.
1: I'm gonna sit down on this one. You can talk. <laughs> no.
0: Well, I and I would. We were talking about this. This yesterday. was me. I was like, yeah. Yeah. Well, we both actually <laughs> dealt with it. And um, I, I would say, you know, this is us. Like, if you don't have, like, you haven't defined what you can and can't do, then here's what the the enemy will come in, and he'll. Um, what what's the word now I'm looking for? Entitlement. Yeah. Like he wants you to be <clears throat> entitled. And so the enemy does, yes. yes. Yep. So he will say things like, Well, you 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 worked really hard this week, you deserve it or you know, that that would be really nice. And like you you buy it because you're just like hyped up and like, Oh, excited and I deserve this and this is something that's great and you go and buy it and then you come back and you like have remorse in your heart. Has anybody done that? Because I have done that. And it's like you haven't defined what you, know, what you can and can't afford. And so you just go out and you impulse things. And, you know, sometimes I, I did this a lot with even groceries. <laughs> like I would just like go buy. I'm like, oh, I want this. It looks good or whatever. And then like it just sits on the shelf and we never eat it. So that's, that's wrong. So when we define. It
1: didn't look that good, I guess.
0: I I don't know. It it just, it wasn't something that we needed. It it was just like, oh, I I want that. Like, I deserve that. I'm going to buy it. It's like a special thing, whatever. Um, So having plans and then working those plans and knowing that God is your source, like, it will get rid of this impulse in you. And actually, so impulse means you don't have any control. And when we are people who aren't controlling our lives, then it's very easy to have impulse in things. But when we know who our God is and know that we have self-control because that's a fruit of the Spirit, then it's very easy for us to be like, no, not not this time or you can say like I'm actually I'm going to save for this cuz this is something that I would like and then when you buy it like it you have like so much joy and peace in this thing because it was like something that you you worked for and you knew you could do it so yeah yep. It took all that, that lack of control out of there.
1: Amen. Yep, amen. So we've got a few more. We're going to hit these really yes. quick, and then the next couple of weeks we'll be able to come back and yes. um, we'll weave these into some other things that we're going to minister. So yeah, so, number eight uh, is bondage to debt. Right. I heard a saying one time, let me see if I can repeat it. It was, um, if your outgo exceeds your income, then your upkeep will be your downfall.
0: Ooh, that was good. You might need to say that again.
1: If your outgo exceeds your income, then your upkeep will be your downfall. And so sometimes people, especially as Americans, we it's so easy for us to go and just purchase things that we really can't afford. And I'm not, I, I'm I'm against I'm against the idea of of having a mindset of debt. I'm not against like you need a car and having a car payment is the best option for you at the moment. I I bought a truck one time for I don't know, eleven thousand dollars and I made two hundred thousand dollars with that truck and I didn't have the money to buy it, it was a wise decision for me to buy that truck and to go into a little bit of debt for it. If you need wheels, you need them. You know, you need a house, you know, you can put money into a house as opposed to rent. That's a wise decision. So there's a balance to all this. But I think the idea of bondage to debt is to where you never see yourself coming out of it.
0: That's right. It's more of a
1: mentality on the inside.
0: It's a consuming mentality. It's a consuming mentality. I need to keep getting, As soon as you get something
1: paid off, you go buy something else that you just got to have, and you don't really have money for it, and so you just constantly stay in
0: debt. And so then you're in this crazy cycle where you can never see that light at the end of the tunnel. Right. And whatever. God, God
1: wants us to actually be the borrower and not the lender. No, we're called to we're be, called be the
0: lender and not the borrower.
1: That's what I said. Yeah. We're <laughs> called to be the lender and not the borrower. I'm like, I want to so. be the
0: lender, not the borrower. I just making sure you're listening. Okay, so, okay. Amen.
1: All right. So number nine uh is discontentment. This was a huge thing for me. Very big deal for me. And I just was always, you know, discontentment, you you can want things. There's nothing wrong with wanting things, but discontentment is when those things want you. Yeah. If I could say it like that. I don't know. That probably didn't really fit. But anyways, you just lust after stuff yeah. to where I was like... Ugh. I remember one day I was driving by the car dealership, and I called Liz, and I said, Liz, I got to confess, I have a lust problem. <laughs> and uh, so... Which with what the trucks? What, what it was the trucks. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. Right. <laughs> so, uh, anyways. So, but you know, when you're always looking at things and you're just constantly not content with what you have, um, that's usually the spirit of mammon at work to always make you want something more or bigger or greater than better. And you know, you need to have an idea what is right for you in your life. What do you want? And then when you get there, quit striving after uh, filling your barns up with more stuff. And there's this verse that talks about. You know, we've got all this stuff and let's build more barns so we can hold more stuff. Well, but you get a barn full and you got a place to live and a car. I mean, you can only drive so many cars, you can only walk on so much carpet, you know, you can only have so many vacation homes. At some point it's it's more, way more than what's necessary for a person. That doesn't mean God doesn't want us to be blessed, but there's a balance to it. And sometimes people become so discontent. That they just keep having to buy stuff to satisfy flesh for, you know, that month or that week or that day or whatever it is.
0: And can I say, you'll know when you're in contentment, when you can take the things that you actually have and you steward them with joy. And you're thankful for them. And you're like, oh, like I just, even if it's like a car or if it's like, even if it's like just a hunk of metal and you really need something different or, I mean, whatever it is. Like you take it and you just take such great care of it and you have so much joy in that thing and then all of the sudden it's like then that that breaks you know that that uh mammon off of you that spirit off of you and all of a sudden it's like the increase can happen when you're managing and stewarding with joy the things that you have.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. And then number 10, the last one here uh it's an overemphasis on money's ability. Um, so or you could just say an overemphasis on money in general, and if you've ever been around someone who's just like, everything is always about money. Mm-hmm. And it's like the reality is is that everything in life is not about money. Money is involved in everything we do. and the, the saying goes, money makes the world go around and there's some truth in that. Nevertheless, life is not about money. Yeah. Life is about the Lord, It's about people, it's about family, it's about the gospel. It's a, those are the things that really is what life is about. And it's not all about money, but if you've ever been at a place or know somebody who's at a place to where it's con- money is constantly on their mind. Now some people are gifted and anointed in the area of finances, and and it's it's like their it is their wheelhouse. And so I'm not talking about that, but someone that's constantly just talking about money and I, I you know I want to buy this, and I, hopefully I have enough money for this, and you know all of that. And I think you know what I'm talking about. Uh, that's not a good thing. Our life isn't supposed to be about money. Money should never manage us. We should always manage money. That's right. When When money is managing us, and I think you said this earlier, Mm -hmm. when money is managing us, we really are being controlled by the spirit of Mammon. See, Mammon is is uh, it's a it's the God that's on money, but it is a demonic spirit. It's the God that's on money. Money itself is not bad. It's what you do with the money, and it's your heart condition behind the money. Because you can meet, you know, you meet all kinds of people, poor and rich that have all kinds of problems, and then it's not necessarily depicted on the amount of money they have. It's the heart condition, the motives right. behind the money that they have is what really makes the difference. Money's
0: a tool. It is money a tool. Money is a means of It's exchange. a necessary tool. Yeah, it is a necessary tool. But when you look at it like this is a tool, just like if you're a carpenter and you have a hammer and you know that hammer does a job. That's right. Money Is a tool that has a job, and so it should never be lording over us. We actually use the tool, right? So when we have, when we break mammon off of us, when we get control and we acknowledge these symptoms and start to ask the Lord to reveal to us and move us forward, like. Then all of a sudden we can oper begin to operate that tool effectively and wisely, which is God's intention all along. Yeah,
1: that's right. And so, because I mean, you know,
0: before, like before you had money, you like exchanged like cows and different things. And hallelujah, like we don't have to carry a cow with us and be like, here's my cow. And can I have some grain? Like we created money. It had a purpose. And so we then purpose it and it will begin to work for us. Yeah.
1: Whenever you get a purpose behind your money, then it will become a slave to you instead of you being a slave to it. That to me is probably the single biggest thing. What is the purpose for your finances? Everybody has needs, but what, what is, what is it that you want money for? We want money because we, we, you know, we need to pay our bills and stuff like that. But then also, we, we developed giving goals and not consuming goals. We talk to our kids about this all the time. Like They're like, oh, I really want this, and I really want that. And it's like, all right, well, that's fine. But it sounds to me like you have a lot of uh, consuming goals and not giving goals. Our goal, really, in life, my... I know for Liz and I, we've been able, we just feel so blessed. We've been able to give away, we went back this last year, I think the highest percentage of our money that we've ever given away, and we're looking for this year to be even a higher percentage of our money. By the time I get to where um, you know, I'm old, I want to be giving away 90% of my money because I've got so much that the 10% is enough for us to live on. Yeah. Hallelujah. Amen. That sounds like a pretty good goal. And there's no condemnation if you don't get there or whatever. That's just what we're, what we're after, but... It's a it's a giving goal. It's not a consuming goal. I promise you, when you stand before the Lord, you won't be like, man, I really wish I had bought another four wheeler. I really wish that I had bought another team of horses or I don't know whatever it is that you like. Nothing wrong with having those things, but at some point, enough is enough. What is your part? What is the purpose behind your money? And there's a balance to all this. A wise man leaves an inheritance to his children's children. It's right to have so much money that you actually save, not to hoard in a greedy sense, but to save to where, and you teach your, your um, generations below you how to handle finances properly, they'll actually become wealthier and the next generation will become wealthier and so on and so forth. People that have more money with the right heart can do more than people that have no money period. You can do more in this life if you have more money. And if you have a right heart behind a lot of money, you can do a lot of good stuff. Praise God. Amen. Praise the Lord.
0: If God is changing your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by partnering with us today. If you would like to give or would like more information on how we are making a difference, visit OCIperryville.com.